This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our Arsenal transfer show every single day at 8 a.m. to give you guys all the latest Arsenal transfer updates and keep you guys in the loop with what's been going on around Arsenal and who they might be bringing in, selling, loaning, and maybe just getting rid of this summer, fingers crossed anyway, because not much has been happening over the last 67 episodes of the show which is what you join me for today um hoping that we're going to see some deals announced very very soon uh, and there is some news of ones getting very very much closer as we always say but genuinely there's news of medicals there's news of talks there's news of possible offers being given to players so let's get straight on with things but make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show i hope you're doing good and well in the chat box good morning everybody thank you ever so much for tuning in as always let's kick off with our first show uh our first show our first piece of news uh is that obviously Mikel Arteta was spotted at the training ground uh for the start of pre-season yesterday and in, in which this picture circulated and caused quite a stir amongst the Arsenal fan base looking a little bit tired is old Mikel um and uh, hopefully that's because he's trying to get lots of plenty of of transfer business done now I just think it's poor lighting on, on the cameraman's part I think he's you know he's looking as swell as he ever has he just you know I think he needs a little bit of a trim get those sides sorted Mikel uh I think you need a, a 0.5 to 1 fade on the sides, please, and, and sort yourself out because that's uh, in a little bit out of hand there, son. Uh, moving on to kind of some good news in regards to Arsenal's youth anyway. We've got some good news for Arthur Okonkwo and for uh, Tido Taylor-Hart. We both look like they're going to be signing new deals, according to Chris Wheatley of Football London, who says that these two have been obviously in negotiations. Uh, if nothing's been signed yet, the good news is the picture on the left of Taylor Hart was taken yesterday. Uh, he is still there in training, even though his contract technically expired. So you would hope that means that a new contract has effectively been signed or is going to be signed or there's a verbal agreement and he's still there training. So that's a really good piece of news because he is very highly rated. 
Um, it is important that we tie these youngsters down. Okonkwo was, of course, part of the squad a lot last season, didn't play, but he was a lot of that 25th and 26th man in the, in the squad at times. So that's a really good bit of news for Arsenal that they're tying down those youngsters to long-term professional contracts that hopefully should see them get some game time. Should they go on loan? I think players like Miguel Aziz certainly should, possibly even following Balogun. We'll wait and see what happens in the transfer market with some of our kind of primary senior players before we start worrying about those guys. Going on to another player that was spotted at the training ground, and that was Alex Runison. Um, our Icelandic goalkeeper, of course, was linked with the move to Alte Spore. Uh, and also confirmed by Charles Watts that move is something that is uh, really in the offing right now. But he's still at the ground. There's no nothing in regards to um, him travelling to Turkey to complete that deal. Whether or not that means that it's been delayed or is going to happen today, tomorrow, or this week, or next month, we don't know. But there is still legitimacy in those reports. So we imagine that talks are still ongoing about a possible deal. But of course, he has reported in for training. So he was at the training ground yesterday. Going into Granite Xhaka, our last kind of out story of the day, uh, Demarcio is reporting the likes of him and Rui Patricio from Wolves, both looking like they're closing in now on their move to Roma. Arsenal do and have stood uh, on their 20 million euro valuation of the player, something that Roma have been a little bit, uh, or not even a little bit, a very, very much so apprehensive about paying. Italian clubs are suffering with um, some financial difficulties, as we know, because of the whole Locatelli-Juventus situation. But hopefully this is a deal that Arsenal can get done very soon. But no specific updates to, to forward this on, just yet more reports coming out from Italy yesterday that Granite Xhaka is indeed closing on all that move and it's just purely down to the price situation. Moving on to the possible ins and sticking with Italian financial difficulties, you may have seen uh, comments from the Sassuolo president yet again claiming that uh, Juventus and a foreign club from abroad, so it could be the UK, could be anywhere else in the world, um, are in for Locatelli and in advanced negotiations. Now, there was a report also that followed on from this that Arsenal and Borussia Dortmund are not named as the foreign club. So despite the Sassuolo president previously stating Arsenal, that doesn't appear to be the case. I suspect it was a case of using Arsenal's good name at times to to try and really force Juventus into pushing for a move for Juventus and paying uh, for, for, the, for Locatelli and kind of paying what Sassuolo want them to pay. It's not uncommon. It's Arsenal's name. They're used a lot. They know they're in for a lot of players, especially in midfield. And there probably is interest in the player. And we know that there genuinely is because of reports from the likes of Charles Watts. So it's it's a shame. I, 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 dis, I dislike seeing clubs using Arsenal's name in this way to try and force through deals, but it is part and parcel of the business. I would never have expected Locatelli to choose Arsenal over Juventus, and I would have expected him to wait for Juventus to finally kind of stump up the money. It's annoying because he was definitely my first pick. However, he's not the end of the world. There are plenty of other central midfield options out there, and Arsenal seem to be moving for some of them, which we'll come on to in a little bit. Uh, another bit of disappointing news surrounds Aaron Sanchez. Now, we reported the other day to you guys through Diego Montalvan, who is a Peruvian football journalist, that he had heard um, that initially Aaron Sanchez looked like he was going to be joining up with Arsenal for pre-season. However, he did speak directly with the players' reps yesterday and they informed him that actually, in fact, that is not going to be happening. For whatever reason, they he, he doesn't actually know the reason that right now as to why the... Uh, the the trial period is not taking place. There are theories that it could be due to work permit issues and stuff like that, especially during the pandemic, making it difficult for travel. But work permit issues seem to be one of the biggest stumbling blocks for this uh, to take place. And that's a real shame because he is very highly rated. This is where one of those situations where if Arsenal had a feeder club in Europe and on the continent, 
this would be very much a situation where they could use handily um, to get that club to bring him in uh, develop him for a couple of years before they're moving on to Arsenal, should the time be right. If not, then just moving him on to another club and seeing how he flourishes. This is the disadvantage that Arsenal have with not having clubs on the continent to bring players in from the likes of South America. So that's a bit of a shame, bit of bad news of the day that Aaron Sanchez doesn't look like he's going to be arriving at Arsenal for this trial period because he's a very highly rated youngster. It was only a trial period anyway. It wasn't an offer to join the club and it would have been purely been on the basis of, of that kind of trial audition. But yeah, that's a shame. But that's according to Diego Montalvan, who's now spoken with the players' entourage and it doesn't look too optimistic in that sense, which is a shame. Let's move on to our uh, next story, which revolves around Sambi Lukonga. Now, reports are that he is now going to be conducting his medical uh, ahead of a move to Arsenal, which is the next step along that deal being done. Really good news on that part. Arsenal's figure of around 22 million euros, including add-ons. We imagine it to be around the 17 million euro figure with uh, something like four to five million in add-ons for that deal uh, to take place. And it's good news for Arsenal to see this deal finally getting done, get him in, get him on the pre-season tour to Scotland, see him playing, get him integrated and, and as feasibly into the team as quickly as possible. Um, exciting young talent, but it's good to see this one is, is moving in the right direction. So medical for Sambi Lukonga. Ben White, um, again, another long-term target of Arsenal this summer transfer window. Reports emerged yesterday that Arsenal are indeed upping their bids to the figure that Brighton are very much more likely to accept. And there are even rumours that Brighton have already accepted. Now, I'd take those with a pinch of salt because we heard those types of reports a few days ago in which some local media in Brighton rubbish those reports immediately. However, these are new uh, developments in the deal that Brighton would be more willing to accept the third offer that will be going in from Arsenal, the third improved offer uh, on their or initially kind of around 40 million. They then stepped up to around 45 million plus add-ons. And now it appears they're going over that 50 million pound mark, which is what Brighton want to get the deal done, which is good news. Get the deal done, get him in, get him integrated, play him in the pre-season and, uh, and fingers crossed uh, he can get some games. He has been away, of course, uh, with the England national team, but he's not been playing. So that hopefully means he won't need as long of a recovery period, but he still will need to be given some respite, some break, some holiday time before he comes back. So hopefully he might be back for those games against Spurs uh, at the end of the preseason period, and hopefully he can get integrated into the team as soon as possible. Final story of the day does revolve around Ruben Neves, uh, Portuguese midfielder, um, really interesting player, of course, and we covered him several um, kind of shows ago, several weeks ago, because uh, he was linked through the Telegraph to Arsenal, I believe it was, that linked him with a move um, for around £35 million. It then went very quiet. And and then Nico, Nicola Scherer, um, the uh, Italian transfer expert uh, over the side of things, has reported yesterday that indeed Arsenal have offered him a five-year contract. Now, that's purely personal, on a personal level, for personal terms, yet to be agreed, it seems. However, doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. However, we are still waiting on the clubs to agree a deal if indeed uh, he agrees to the contract with Arsenal, sorting out personal terms, then can sort out the situation with the player and the club and us. I imagine a deal for around 35 to 40 million pounds would be what Wolves would be willing to accept for this. They have always been willing to be open to negotiation on Ruben Neves. 
I'm very happy with this deal. I like the player a hell of a lot. I spoke to you guys on social media yesterday and explained my points and reasonings for it. We also did a tactical breakdown on him, which is on the channel. If you type in Ruben Neves tactical breakdown onto your YouTube, it will certainly come up. So make sure you go and check that out. We get expert insight from the Wolves fan cast. It gives us a really good insight about how he's been playing there in the uh, in the West Midlands. So if it does get done, I think it's a real good replacement for Granit Xhaka. I think he adds in certain areas that we've needed uh, in terms of what we don't have in Granit Xhaka. He's a better tackler for me than Granit Xhaka, better reading the game in terms of intercepting and in terms of kind of recovering possession. In terms of his passing, whilst it's not progressive in terms of the wide areas as much as Granit Xhaka, who's really releasing those fullbacks, it's more direct for me in the terms of going straight into the box. Last season, he had a higher frequency of passes straight into the box compared to Granit Xhaka. All of those things taken into account for me is what I want to see in a player. And he's got those leadership skills, so we won't necessarily be losing that from losing Granit Xhaka and replacing him with Ruben Neves whatsoever. But if you want to be more um, compelled into liking Ruben Neves, then make sure you check out the tactical breakdown dedicated to the Wolves midfielder. Anyway, that completes all of the latest news that is dropping this Friday for you guys. So make sure you're dropping a like on the video to appreciate the hard work that's going into these shows and subscribing to the channel if you're new. We do these shows every single day at 8am to keep you guys as up to date as feasible possible on episode 67 showing you the commitment. We move on to the final part of the show which is of course your thoughts and feelings in the chat box and getting how you feel about Arsenal's transfer business right now. There will be a Q&A show a little bit later on this afternoon around 1 p.m. UK time. Uh, it's an earlier one than usual. Uh, apologies for that, but I've got a very hectic afternoon, so therefore I can't commit to doing the usual 5 p.m. show. We'll also be revealing which one of our members in our Discord server has won the two free entries into this signed classic Arsenal shirt signed by Tony Adams, Steve Bold, Nigel Winterburn, and Lee Dixon. So make sure, if you haven't already, get your tickets for that, although I don't think it may have even sold out. So the only way that you can get tickets for that now is, of course, if you are in our Discord server by becoming a member and entering to win the chance to get some free tickets for that draw. Anyway, let's uh, let's go into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Um, Raman says, Tom, what do you think of Romano's comments regarding Locatelli that he made on Robbie's channel? Uh, I haven't seen them, Raman, so could you put them into the... I don't watch it, so could you put them into the chat box? That would be really helpful. Thank you. Uh, Fung says, hey, Tom, how hard would it be to get Danny Olmo? Could be a young attacker that we need. Very hard is the question, Funk. You're looking at upwards of £50 million easy. Uh, RB Leipzig will want to absolutely double their, the money they invested into the Dean, former Dinamo Zagreb player. He's young, he's Spanish international, he's in Champions League football right now at RB Leipzig. I don't know why he would want to leave for Arsenal right now. So it would be very difficult and I think you'd have to offer him a very lucrative deal to get it done. Um, Hinu says, I definitely won't be disappointed if we can get Locatelli instead of moving for Neves. Of course, I'd prefer um, Locatelli over Neves. That's the thing. Uh, Xhaka leadership, what to tell fans to F off and throw the armband on the ground? That's not leadership. It isn't in guys, but I think we can all admit that, you know, people make mistakes in life and you've got to learn to forgive those things. And I think Granit Xhaka's performances last season certainly turned that around for me. I'm not happy about it. I don't like the guy for what he did, but if you're going to you linger on that sort of thing, then you're never going to get over things in life. And I think you need to move on. Um, Constantine says, Neves is a good player, but I'm not sure about him costing £40 million. I think £40 million is a lot of money, of course. He's a young, he's contracted to a decent deal there at Wolves. He's a Premier League to Premier League move, which always is going to increase the value on a player. He's obviously uh, international with Portugal as well. Uh I think that £40 million is probably what you'd pay 
for a very decent 24-year-old central midfielder going from one Premier League club to another. It's about the going rate at the moment, unfortunately, especially moving to a club like Arsenal. Um, I wish that we could get a lot lower. I really do. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's just what players cost. It's nothing more I can really elaborate on, to be honest. It's just what players cost in that going rate. And uh, that's what we're going to have to pay if we want to get it. Uh, my father says, morning, Tom. What are your thoughts on the key to Paris? Of course, um, I think it's a good signing for Arsenal. The thing is, I was disappointed that we lost Van der Donk. I'm worried that we may lose Miedema as well. And if we do lose both of them, um, and the way that Arsenal have kind of been going of late in the women's side of things with Chelsea and City and United coming up so well in the women's table. It gives me concern. Um, and of course, we've got a new manager as well after we lost Joe. So fingers crossed that they can come in and do a really good... I think that was it a Bronby, his former club um, that he's come from. But I know nothing about him. And if he can do a really good job, fingers crossed he can. Um, but Nikita Paris is a good move, uh, has obviously done things for England in the past. There's been questions about some of the performances. I remember watching her at the World Cup and there were some questions about her performances, but fingers crossed she can come in and do a great job for Arsenal. Uh, and uh, we can, you know, replace the uh, outgoing Van der Donk, which is, yeah, really annoying. Uh, Mahit says, uh, do you think uh, that Ben White will come to Arsenal if Man City makes an offer for him? Because that was the rumour a few days ago. Um in terms of Ben White and interest from other clubs, I wouldn't be surprised if Man City made an offer. The problem is with Man City making an offer, they've got um, Ruben Diaz and they've got John Stones. They play in a back two. Emmerich Laporte's future is uncertain. So until he goes, Ben White's looking at that situation going, am I going to get regular minutes ahead of John Stones, ahead of Ruben Diaz? The answer is probably no. Going to Arsenal, you are going to get regular minutes. It's not going to be at a club that's competing for the same types of things right now. But hopefully, with signers like Ben White and others, we can push towards our greater targets. So I think that there is hope that Arsenal can kind of sell that side of things. It's different when you're going for players in competition with Man City when they're players like Ben White that would be competing for a place. Um, but I think when you move for players like um, Ben White, you're looking at a player that would maybe choose Arsenal over City because of the situation of being able to play regularly and have that vision sold to him by the club. But we will wait and see. Uh, Manuel says, if you look at the bigger picture, Neves could cost £60 million because he's replacing Granit Xhaka, who we lost for £20 million, on to replace him for a player not dramatically better. Um, I don't think Neves is dramatically better than Granit Xhaka. And I think it's also very difficult. Yesterday, I put a tweet out regarding how I thought about Ruben Neves and where I feel he improves us. And you guys know I've I've really backed Granite Xhaka at the club and I've defended him and I've you know said the things that I like about his game, the things that I don't necessarily like about his game. But I remember Yonick being in the chat quite a lot and obviously not a big fan of, of, of Granite Xhaka and obviously clashing at times in terms of opinions on him. But I put one tweet out yesterday about Ruben Neves and one tweet about kind of the areas that I see him improving our team. And my God, did I get set upon <laughs> by people thinking that I was just casting Granite Xhaka aside, not appreciating what Granite Xhaka has done, where you guys know how much I've defended the guy at times. It is interesting how immediately, as soon as you say maybe one player is, is a good move for us, and you don't necessarily, in 200 and whatever many characters you have, highlight all of the good things about the other player, it is amazing how quickly you get set upon. It's crazy. It's mad. Um, but it is the world that we live in, and I'm not surprised because, you know, we've been around long enough to know that's 
that's what happens. Uh, Ethan says, uh, if we don't get Bissouma or someone similar, would you take Torreira for a season and see if it works? I just don't think Torreira's got his mindset at Arsenal right now. I don't think he fits into what Arteta wants either. And that's a shame because he obviously came in with so much expectation from Sampdoria, hit the ground running really well, and then trailed off because Unai Emery mismanaged him, completely misused him in a really weird position further up the pitch. I understood the concept of playing Torreira further up to try and recover position higher up the pitch and start counter-attacks closer to the opposition's goal. The issue is, is that he just, he didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> that was the issue, is that he, for me, Torreira needs to be in a more reserve role, playing in that number six position or in a like more you know, conservative number eight style position. So it's, it's a shame. I don't think it would work out. I wouldn't keep him. I would move him on, get the money in and, uh, you know, move for move for a number six, a proper number six. Uh, Wesley says, Tom, you were talking about unlocking Partey by getting someone more mobile, workhorse like Basuma. Is Neves that kind of player? What do you think, uh, not of him individually, but of that possible partnership? The thing about Ruben Neves is that he's, no, he's not a, a mobile player in comparison to someone like Basuma. He's more mobile in terms of his coverage of the pitch than Granite Xhaka, who tends to skew towards one side of the pitch. If you look at both of the two players' heat maps, you can see the coverage of the pitch in comparison from Neves to Xhaka, who skews to the left. And whilst Neves, yes, has played multiple positions across the midfield, has still done, in games, more coverage of the pitch. You look at the individual game heat maps to see that as well. So I think that he is more mobile and he moves about the pitch a lot more. But the thing is about Neves is that signing him is a weird one because it maybe indicates that Arteta is open to a 4-3-3 in the style of Liverpool. And what I mean by that is that you play Neves and Partey together, but you play then a number six behind those two to really give them that more kind of freedom to be more progressive, that freedom to go forwards and know that you've got that sweeper in front of the back four that's going to cover that position that effectively turns into a back five at times. So maybe Lokonga plays that role. Maybe Neves plays that role on his own and Lokonga plays in the eight role. Who knows? I think they've both got scope to do that. But yes, I think Neves is a better partner for Partey than Granit Xhaka was because I think Granit Xhaka was quite one-dimensional in the way that he used that role. He was basically an enabler for the left flank, pushing those passes into the channels on the left-hand side for Kieran Tinney, which worked, was great, really accurate. But the thing about Neves is he's more direct of his passing, will go to the flanks, but will also go more central and try and find straight passes through to the strikers more than Granit Xhaka will. Granit Xhaka still does that, but Neves does it more. And so that's what you need to be thinking about when it comes to Neves. And I think that his mobility means that Partey would be able to be more progressive and not have to worry about you know, Granite Jacker turning like milk. So that's uh, a little bit of a problem. Uh, moving forward to some more of your questions. Uh, Yash says, Neves is not as bad a signing as people are making it out to be. He's an excellent passer, covers more ground uh, than Basuma, and is definitely better too. He covers more ground than Basuma, but he's not as mobile as Basuma. You need, to, obviously, we need to understand what the difference between those two is. His coverage is that he will cover a lot of the pitch. If he was to say turned or is on the counter, Basuma would be much better at dealing with that. His recovery pace is better than Ruben Neves and he would be able to get it back into position better than Ruben Neves would. But his coverage and mobility is, is also still very good. But, you know, you need to... It's, it's different. It's difficult to kind of use these terms and to not make them blend and, and blur the lines between them. But coverage and mobility are slightly different and uh, I think that you, you would see that with Neves and, and Basuma's positions were they to play. 
Um, Hilmi says, yeah, the left flank was overused last season. We obviously kind of lost a lot. Pepe, I think, struggled sometimes on the right because we were so focused with Xhaka's passing, pushing the ball out to the left flank that that struggled uh, at times to really make us more unpredictable. So Neves is more direct, unpredictable passing to both flanks. He's also a, a better long passer of the ball. He does more frequent, accurate long passes. So I would like to see that going into his game, switching at the play uh, and using that. You saw that when he was playing for Portugal in the lead-up to the Euros, and he played the first couple of games as well. And you could see that how he used the coverage of the pitch, playing it to the right, playing it to the left, no matter where he was on the pitch. Very technical, more technical player than, than Xhaka, good with the ball at his feet. Uh, can move out of tight situations. Whilst Granit Xhaka is really good at winning fouls in his own half, and you see it quite a lot. He's under pressure. He's good at winning a foul. Ruben Neves is better with his technical ability of getting out of those situations with his dribbling skill and then playing the ball forward rather than the play being slowed down by winning a foul. It's always good to win fouls to relieve pressure. I'm not saying that's a bad thing on Granit Xhaka's part, but what I would say is that a player that can get out of those situations with their technical ability and then play the ball forwards can put Arsenal into a much more advantageous position and take players out of the game by taking the ball through and round them. Um, John Daly says, uh, how about setting up a fantasy Premier League table so that we can go head-to-head? We did it last season, John, and we did it for the Euros. We do it every single season, John, and there will be a fantasy league set up for this season. Don't you worry. There will be one. Um, <clears throat> I'll get around to sorting that as soon as kind of the Euros and the preseason uh, starts. So uh, make sure that you uh, stay tuned to the channel and I'll let you know as soon as we've set up the Fantasy League. But we've done it for the last like two, three, four years and we did it for the Euros. In fact, who, who's top of the Euro League right now? Dan Robert will be able to tell you. Who's top of the... It's, it's me. It's me. That's who's top. Uh, Ian says, uh, another midfielder signing will depend on how MA thinks of Partey uh, in terms of how and where to play him as a DM or box-to-box. What are your choices? Thomas Partey is best as a box-to-box midfielder. I do not want to see Thomas Partey sitting in front of the back four as a sweeper. You lose so much about his game playing in that position, in a position which is reserved, in a position which doesn't allow him to transition, doesn't allow him to progress, doesn't allow him to find passes like the one that we saw against Sheffield United where he broke that Sheffield United defence with amazing defence splitting pass straight for Alexander Lacazette who was through to score. I want to see Thomas Partey playing box-to-box and in transitioning the ball, driving at oppositions, pushing Arsenal up the pitch and being trans uh, transitional and transformative for our midfield. That's what I want to see. I do not want to see Partey playing as a six. It is wasting all of the talent that he has got. Buy an actual six. Don't buy a great world-class box-to-box midfielder in Partey and waste him in a number six position. Not interested in that whatsoever. However, I would tell him to shoot less. That's, that is one thing that I would uh, tell him to shoot less. Uh, Manuel says, there's no Spurs in your team. I'm sorry, mate. It doesn't count. In the league, in the league games, I have a rule in fantasy Premier League, no Spurs players. But when it comes to international football, I'm an England fan. I'm not your Lee Judges. I respect to Lee Judges for what he's doing. I understand it completely, but that's not me. I will celebrate if England and an England player scores. As far as I'm aware, they're wearing the three lions on their chest. They're not wearing their club crest. So that's where I draw the line, personally. Judge me all you like, 
But that's where I draw the line. Respect to Lee and respect to his morals. I, really, I genuinely really do respect it. And my God, it takes some hell of a restraint uh, during those moments. But uh, it's not for me. And uh, I'll be supporting England 100%. Uh, Hilmi says, can you do a tactical breakdown for our new set piece coach? It's very difficult. Um, I would have to look at where he obviously came from Manchester City. Um, so we maybe can have a look at some Man City set pieces and, and see how that gets on. But I'd have to do some real digging to get some expert insight on their set piece coach. Uh, maybe I'll have a chat with um, Sam at The Athletic and see if he can let me know anything because uh, I, I genuinely would know nothing. But I'll try and do some digging and see what Sam says. Uh, Mad G says, maybe a stupid question, but with the large focus being on finding a partner for Thomas Partey, would it be wise to include Partey's input in finding the right player? I mean, absolutely. That's a, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, Matt. When you're trying to find someone that works best with someone – 100% consult the player. 100% look at Thomas Partey's past, see the Coques, the Sauls that he's been playing alongside at Atletico Madrid, see what worked best and find the best partner for him. It's not a silly question, Matt. It makes complete sense. Uh, TOG says, Tom, thoughts on the midfield of Awar, Partey and Neves? The issue with Awar, Partey and Neves is I think you've got two players there that are going to be out of position. Awar is best in a number eight role. Neves is best in a number eight role. Partey is best in a number eight role. You've got three players whose best position is a number eight position, and you've got two formations that will use either two number eights or one number eight. You've got the 4-2-3-1, which uses one number eight playing alongside a number six and a number 10 in front of those. You've got the 4-3-3, which uses a number six and then two number eights in front. So I'm not sure if that would necessarily work, because I think you've got three players there that all prefer to play in the number eight position. If you're signing Neves, I wouldn't go out and sign Awar unless it was purely for depth and we were signing a number 10 on top of that or we were signing a number six on top of that. I would rather go for an Awar Parte Basuma or a Neves Parte Basuma type formation, type um, collaboration. I wouldn't go for those three as an option because I just think that positionally they're all far too similar for me. Ingar says Sabitzer, Partey um, and Basuma. That again, that works. You've got Sabitzer and Partey playing next to each other, Basuma playing uh, in the number six role because as we said, Sabitzer last season played in a, a more reserved number eight role in comparison to the number tens or seven positions that he's played in the past. So I think that would be the exact same once again. Um, please make sure you're dropping a like on the video, guys. We've got over 700 of you watching currently, so please do drop a like on the video and appreciate the hard work that goes into this. Uh, Alex Mill is not a gooner, Tom, but I love your content. Thanks ever so much, mate. Really appreciate the support. Uh, Rahman said, uh, Romano said that Arsenal are being smart by waiting for Sassuolo's meeting with Juventus next week to move on Locatelli and that Arsenal are the club that are in discussions with Locatelli. Well, there were reports that conflicted those saying that Arsenal and Dortmund are not the two teams. Who knows? People get different information. Sometimes it's good information. Sometimes it's bad. Um, I'm, I, I couldn't tell you who was more right. I, I'm, it's not down to me to tell you who's right. I've not got the clout to say that one person's got better information than the other because I honestly don't know. There's no point in me speculating. So we'll have to wait and see, see how that one plays out, and then we'll get our answer, Raman. But thank you for the, the insight there. Uh, False manager says Saka can play left wing, hitting crosses in on the run. I think left wing is where Saka should play. I know he's been playing on the right for, for England, mainly because Raheem Sterling's been playing on the left. I prefer Pepe on the right. 
I think that's where you're going to get him being the most deadly. And I think Saka, for me, is a better creator than Pepe. And I think on his left foot, you're going to get more creation from Saka on the left-hand side. However, there is a caveat with this, and that is that I am open to seeing a right footer on the left-hand side, mainly in the form of Emil Smith-Rowe. So you've got that kind of left foot, right foot, variety in playing him in front of someone like Kieran Tierney. I'm also open to seeing Saka play as a left wing back in a back five and playing Smith Rowe ahead of him on the left wing, playing kind of a 5-2-3 kind of formation or a 3-4-3 uh, formation um, with, with kind of, you know, Saka playing on that left wing back position with Emil Smith Rowe playing in front if we were to ever switch to a back three system. So I think there's lots of variety that you can use Saka in. I like him on the left because I think it enables him to be a much better creator for the team, which is what I see him as more than a goal scorer. I see him as more of a creator. Uh, and I see Pepe for us on the right-hand side being as more of your, your goal threat. Really, I think Pepe needs to be given a full season of starts. Just persist with Pepe on the right. Play him Week in, week out. He doesn't need the European, you know, messing that up. Willian, if he stays, depth, barely use him. Pepe, play him a week in, week out. Get him on the pitch at all times and give him consistency. That's what I want to see from Pepe this season. £72 million investment. Let's use him. That's what I want to see. Uh, Hinu says, uh, Tom, sorry about the hay food, by the way. Uh, Tom, do you think we will still make a move for Onana later in the window or in January? I'd be very surprised, no, Hinu. I very much think that Bert Leno is our, uh, is the future. Not that I think that's the right decision, but I think that's what the way that the club are moving and they, they very much see him as kind of the future option for Arsenal going forwards. Uh, Wilson says, are you serious uh, that Arsenal have offered uh, a five-year deal to Neves, Tom? Reports, as we talked about earlier on, Nicola Shearer uh, has reported that indeed Arsenal have offered a five-year contract. So if that report is true, then yes. If it's not, then no. That's usually how this situation works. Uh, Abe says, really hope Ainsley becomes our permanent right-back. He'd be perfect. I don't agree, Abe. I, I think that he lacks certain qualities that are needed for right-back. I think he lacks kind of the, the deliveries, the final ball for a right back uh, in terms of his crossing, in terms of his movement and positioning. Uh, the way in which he overlaps at times can be a little bit off. Defensively, he's good. He's shown that to be. I'm not sure he works in a back four. Um, I think he's better as kind of a wing back than he is kind of an outright fullback. So I, I'm not as keen on the Ainsley thing playing there. I think Ainsley should probably be sold. Uh, Liam Thomas says, I think we should get a create, I think we should get uh, created more than a defender, a creator, sorry, more than a defender. Let's not forget we had the third best defense last season. Okay, let's address this, not this myth, because it's not a myth that we had the third best defense last season. But we need to address the fact that I know there's a, the phrase of if it's not broke, don't fix it. That for me is more for during the season. If something's going well, Keep it as it is. But the thing about football is that it doesn't stand still. Teams improve. Teams get better. You need to improve areas of strength. If Let me put it this way. Imagine like a castle wall, yeah? Your castle wall survived a year, did excellently well, repelled every single attacker that it ever got. But the thing is, is the army's going to go away that's attacking you. The army's going to improve. The army's going to upgrade. Does that mean that you should just stick with the castle wall that you've got? No. Upgrade your castle wall. Make it higher. I've been playing too much apps on my phone. Um, <laughs> but do you get the analogy? Is you don't stick with what you've got just because it's good. Make it great. Make it better. Upgrade upon it. Yes, we should also improve the creating areas of the pitch. That's not what I'm saying. But it's important to improve upon the strengths that you already have. That's what turns 
good teams into great teams. And that's what Arsenal need to do in the window. Um, let's scroll up. Uh, when am I getting a haircut, Wilson? Very soon. This is ridiculous. This is far too long. Turning into Elvis, getting Elvis hair very soon. Um, Saka signed a new contract, says Anthony. Saka signed a new deal a while back. Unless he signed a new deal, which would be great. Um, that'd be wonderful. But I haven't seen any news about Saka signing a new contract. Um, looking, nope, see nothing about a new contract. His last contract he signed was in 2020. Um, so good news in that area of the of the field. Uh, stop, uh, true Tom. If you stop uh, improving, you will fall behind. You can't stay stagnant. Uh, let me use a teacher analogy. Um, if you maintain the same amount of knowledge that you have going through each year of school, you need to improve. You need to improve your knowledge. Otherwise, when the questions get harder, you're not going to be able to answer them. And when teams start asking you questions, if you've not got answers for those questions because you've not improved your defence. You will not answer them and concede. That's another brilliant analogy for you. <laughs> Anza says, Tom, if you fix areas of strength when you're done fixing the areas of weakness, come on. Um, I think Anza that you're assuming that one is not done without the other. You're assuming that one is done at one time, the other then follows. Why can't you do them in the same transfer window? You certainly can. That's the benefit that we've got in football is that you can improve all the areas. If I go back to my castle analogy, there's not one bloke fixing the walls. <laughs> You've got people all over the castle fixing different areas, improving your attack, improving your defense. You can do that at the same time. So you improve both simultaneously, answer. So it's not so analog. It's not so one, uh, one dimensional. You need to improve multiple things at multiple times. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, do you think Saka needs a deal if he's the only person on 30k a week? I think the thing about Saka is that, and the thing about contracts in general is if you if you jump too early and you improve things too early, all of a sudden you get in a situation whereby um, you've offered them a new deal at, say, a double the contract they are on. They have an amazing year. What happens then? Do you then offer them another double contract? No, you need to be realistic. Saka's 19 years of age. 30k a week is a good amount of money for a 19-year-old to be on. I mean, it's not good. It's bloody unreal amount of money for a 19-year-old to be on. In the context of football, yes, there are players like Willian that are on, you know, nearly eight, seven, eight times, seven times, more than seven times the amount of money that Bukayo Saka's on. He's 32. He's gone through his entire career. That's just the way football works. You earn more money as you go through your career until right at the end when usually sometimes it drops off. It's not realistic to just keep renewing, keep renewing, keep renewing because you want to keep them on a low amount of money for your financial sake. And then when it comes to the point where he needs to change, needs to improve on his deal in two, three years' time, then we improve on that offer. And if he's 22, 23 years of age, then then we can start thinking about going closer to your 60, 70, 80, 100,000 pounds per week, depending on where we are. You don't just improve it for the sake of it. If he's under a long-term deal, we have the power. The ball is in our court. And if a big club comes along with an offer that's ridiculous, then we go and match it and we offer him that same deal. You don't need to keep adding. That's how we got into a bad situation with players on ridiculous wages like Cole Jenkinson. So we don't want to get into that situation again. Uh, Hilmi says, the right back is so quiet lately. Who's your favourite player in that right back position? Uh, we've talked about this a lot, Hilmi. The reason why it's so quiet right now is because ultimately... We, we're ultimately in a situation where we've got three right backs. So because we've got three right backs, 
we're not going to sign one until we sell one we're not going to move one on and that's the that's the situation for Arsenal is until we find ourselves in an area where you move on Hector Bellerin to Inter Milan you're not going to bring one in because you've got Cedric and because you've got Chambers so yeah oh man you've made me really conscious about my hair <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep looking at it. Uh, Asma Rob says, Tom, do you see Ainsley Maitland-Niles become a new walker, just good in recovery? I don't think he's got the strength yet. If he improves that area of his game, maybe, but I don't see that in his game. Walker's been a right back for his entire career. Mainsley can't get in the area where he needs to specialise right now, and he's, what, 23 now? So he needs to specialise first before we start wondering about what we're going to do with him. Uh, Ritian says, uh, Tom, what do you think of the chances of us selling Cedric? Um, I would hope good, but if you want me for a realistic answer, I, I, I don't see it happening. Um, I see Chambers and Cedric staying, and I see us bringing in another right back if Bellerin goes. I think that may be something that happens later on in the window. I don't see it happening at, near, at now. Until Bellerin's gone, I just don't see us selling um, Hector Bellerin. I don't see us selling Hector Bellerin in the next week or so. I would imagine it might be within the next month. It might be by the end of July that we move on Bellerin. Um, but I don't see it as being... a uh, you know, uh, happening soon. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happening at the moment. Um, Tommy's playing with a pay-to-win, uh, pay-to-win finish now while we are waiting here for a three-day upgrade. Um, I mean, pay-to, pay-to-win in in football is is how the big teams become big teams. Manchester, Manchester City, Chelsea, etc. Um, PSG. Arsenal aren't capable of doing that because we don't have an owner that's willing to invest. And it's crap. It really sucks. Obviously, I know we've spent a lot of money. We've spent, and I use this example all the time, we spent £561 million between 2015 and 2019 in the transfer market. We made a decent amount of money within that window too with sales like Awobi, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Giroud, etc., but we spent that money so badly. Now, we need to change the way that we spend money. And now, seeing us look at Premier League talent like Neves, like White, that's a good sign. That's a good thing. Like I want to see Arsenal pushing to improve by bringing in players that are established Premier League quality players, not always bringing in players from the continent. I'm not saying you stop bringing in players from the continent. I'm saying that you find the balance. And yes, sure, this season's a really good opportunity for us to bring in players from the continent because the continent's suffering after the pandemic. But we still, this season's really important. And so we need to make sure we've got players that are going to hit the ground running. And one of the best ways to try and guarantee that is to bring in players that are Premier League ready and Premier League proven. We will see how it goes. And fingers crossed, we can get some really good players in this window. Um, uh, Regan says, I've seen your ITK rater. All the false rumors have made me want to stay away from Twitter. I don't blame you, mate. It's really bad. I had, um, I had about five DMs yesterday from five different people sending me five different ITKs that all had under a thousand followers, desperately trying to make stuff up, trying to make money. That's what it is. If you aren't aware of this, why ITKs exist is because they grow their channels and they sell, they grow their Twitter accounts and they sell them on. Uh, on the black market it's it's, selling accounts is not allowed twitter doesn't allow it but it doesn't stop it from happening it's really easy to sell a twitter account like it's you just give someone your your login and your password and you're done and there's an exchange of money like it's really easy to do and people build up their accounts and sell them on 
just, it's what happens. There's no way to prove it. There's no way to know that it's happened, really. There's signs sometimes. I mean, I've been suspicious of accounts before looking at for like changes in personality on really big accounts. We talked about the AFC Bell before and a few of the tweets from this season made me a little bit suspicious. I don't know if that account's been sold and I'm not going to sit here and allegedly say it's been sold and say it like I know it. There's, who knows? There's, you're never going to find out if it has or not. You're never going to find out if other accounts have been sold. But that's the reason why ITKs exist because they want to build up a following and they want to sell the accounts on. So just be so, so careful when you're on Twitter reading different things because it's nine times out of 10 it's nine nine times out of ten is an understatement 999 times out of a thousand it's not going to be true so just be very very aware i do my best on twitter in a very jokey way to try and highlight some of the accounts that you should stay very very clear of that are very very clearly trying to make money trying to get attention trying to do things by faking info or guess info or steal info or just reword info just be careful look for accounts that are verified look for accounts that have got a track record of getting things right legitimately that have been first to things that are credited by sources credited by other media outlets that are legitimate and your sound another good way is if accounts react in a hostile way so you calling them out, if someone says, if you see a reply saying, this is BS, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. And they're going, I'll see it, we'll see, or, you know, you're wrong, or you're an idiot. You know, I'm being polite. There is a lot worse things that they've said. But if they're responding, it's not, it's very, very likely that it's, it's not going to be true. So, you know, just uh, take it all with a pinch of salt is what we say on the channel. So there you go. Uh, Tiz Discuss says, should we go for Taliso? Uh, this is a player that I like, uh, Tiz. So yeah, I'd 100% say that we we it's a good option to go for if Bayern are willing to negotiate. Not sure Nagelsmann has plans for him. Uh, he's up for a switch as well. Might be worth a punt. I like Taliso a lot. I think he's a really good, versatile central midfielder. Does everything that we want. Really progressive. Really good on the ball. Technical ability. Play at the top, top level has that winning mentality like him French international if you can go and do it do it really good option but it looks like we're going for Neves so yeah doesn't look like it's going to happen uh Sultan says uh what's your opinion on Joachim Mahler uh and anything on Basuma Basuma there's nothing mate really sorry to disappoint you and plenty of others and there's nothing on him at all uh do I like Joachim Mahler yes have I seen him a lot of Atalanta no have I seen him a lot for Genk I saw him a fair amount really liked him in the Belgian league did I see him a lot for um Denmark well, only that the European tournaments and he was really impressive. Gave away a blatant penalty on Sterling, but we'll move past that. Um, <laughs> but when it comes down to how he's got on Atalanta, Atalanta have got a really good track record of making some decent signings in this uh, in the last few years to put them back into contention of of playing Champions League football. And Marla's been part of that. So he can play on the right, can play on the left. He is more naturally a right back. He's been playing in the left wing back role for for net for Denmark so I like that versatility uh I would need to have a little bit more info from how he's been getting on at Atalanta to be like 100% yes let's do it but I like him so maybe I would <laughs> there's there's your thoughts though um Roshan says Talisa will probably be going to the likes of Juventus yeah I mean that that makes a complete sense complete sense but if he goes to Juventus then maybe the Locatelli situation I mean surely you can't have both of those uh, Patrick, yep, Damsgaard's had an absolutely fantastic tournament, 100%. Uh, Force Manager says, White, Neves, Celic, uh, Ramsdale, where do we finish? Uh, what, with just those four? Well, there's no attacking midfielder. There's no backup left back. There's no backup goalkeeper. Oh, sorry. There's no kind of 
Um, backup, there's no really good position that we need that's missing there. So, you know, top seven maybe. We need a lot more than that. Um, Constantine says, it's interesting there is no news about Coutinho. I do hope it's not a quiet transfer window business. Uh, I hope we don't get Coutinho. <laughs> I really, really do not want Coutinho. Uh, Stephen Allen says, we talk about players who have high ceilings like Saka and White and Millsmith Rowe. How is this assessed? <clears throat> is it data-driven or having a good eye? It's a combination of both, Stephen. You look at how they compete on the top level um younger ages see how they've progressed i mean if you look at players in youth academies you've got players that are like talaji bola for instance um who's 22 now been in the academy a while unfortunately clubs use certain players in their academy as fodder um what i what i mean by that is that whilst they send some of the top talents on loan they need to have an under 23 squad so they keep players on the books until they're like 22 that are never going to play for arsenal and then eventually they'll just sell them on when they're too old to play for the under-23s and they'll go to a League One, League Two club or abroad and, you know, nothing comes of it. When it when you look at players like Emil Smith-Rowe, like Saka, break into the first team at a very young age and, and have a really good seasons and breakout seasons. And the key thing, and there's one thing that you need to look for in a young player that you think is going to make it, and that's consistency. Not the odd sparkling performance comes on, scores a couple of goals, i.e. Eddie and Ketia against Norwich. But like Emil Smith-Rowe, like Saka, is consistent in their performances and is really good 100%, 100% of the time. Obviously not 100% of the time, but you know, nine times out of 10 that they're having good performances. That's the difference between... And their first touch. First touch is always a big, big thing. If a player's got a great first touch of the ball, can bring it into their uh, bring it into their body, can turn away from players, is confident, is not taking heavy touches, is not overawed by the situation. All of those signs are the difference between young players that are never going to make it at the top level and those that are your Pakai Sackers that are in a European final and an international tournament for England. That's the difference between those guys. First touch is usually the biggest indicator. Speak to any top-class football recruiter, what is one of the biggest things and one of the first things they look for when they're looking for a player, it's first touch all the time. That's the difference between the top, top, top players and the rest. Is It's how the first touch is. Uh, Thierry Henry, thank you so much for tuning in, mate. So shout out uh, from the Caribbean. Love the show. Thanks, mate. Uh, do you think Arsenal can get back to the glory days under the Cronkies? Do I think? No, I don't. Um, I don't think that. Do I hope? 100%. Um, but I don't think we will under the Cronkies. I don't think you'll see us winning titles under the Cronkies. I don't think you'll see us winning Champions Leagues. You never know. Anything's possible. Um, and if they improve the way that they recruit, then maybe. But my opinion right now is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Adam says, even FIFA gave White a potential rating of 87. <laughs> FIFA's a load of BS, Adam. FIFA knows nothing. It's one of the laziest created games on the planet. I mean, I, I have a little bit more respect, a lot more respect for, for Football Manager and how they go about their research. EA and FIFA is one of the worst just algorithms, computer games ever. Speaking of which, make sure you go and play in the FIFA tournament for the Gunas versus Cancer Pog. Uh, okay, it's really good cause. I'll be playing in it. I've re-downloaded FIFA just to play in the tournament for a bit of fun. 
So if you want to play against me and a load of other people that are joining in, um, then go check out Gunas versus Cancer, an amazing cause, raising some amazing uh, money. And if you've got a spare $25 to enter and donate to a good cause, then make sure you get involved. If you go to the Gunas podcast and speak to Mike, he'll let you know how to sort all that out. If you go and watch our podcast, which we did with Drew and Mike and Owen the other day, there's a link in the in the description of that video. So make sure you go and check it out. Um, Capuchno, I'm really sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, uh, says the manager has to get the players performing consistently. That's the key to our season. Can he do it? I mean, based off last season, you'd say no. Based off the second half of the based off the second half of last season, you'd say maybe. But there's no guarantees from what we've seen so far. That's that's the issue. Uh, Kigi says, uh, my dream signing would be Max Ahrens. Uh, can you imagine Tinney on one side and Ahrens on the other side? It would be really dangerous. Yeah, I'd love Max Ahrens. He's always been my first choice for right back. Um, I'd absolutely love it if we brought in him, but it's been very, very quiet. Uh, Xbox Ingars, always, always Xbox. It's just it's just better. <laughs> uh, Nishich uh, says, uh, do you think fans should stop asking every young player we have given a first-team spot or a chance in many games and we should stick to experience to get us back into Europe? It's about finding balance. That's the important thing is you need to find balance. I always kind of look at the big teams and you look at them and you say they're playing one or two 21 and under players. There is a good argument to say if you're good enough, you play. But inexperience is a big factor. Experience is something I think is overrated, but inexperience isn't. And I think sometimes you do need a level of, you know, uh, seniority in the team and you can't just throw loads of kids into a side and expect them to, to win I know the famous line of you can't win anything with kids was proven wrong um, but it's a different ball game um, and I think you need to find the balance and uh, playing you know seniority around youth is always important uh, speaking of Genk says Manuel uh, did young goalkeeping prospect Martin van der Voort uh, catch your eye um, Manuel I trust your judgment on Belgian football a lot more than I trust my own I've not seen him um Really, I don't know much about him. When I look at players in the Belgian league, it's not like watching the games. It's usually going and onto Scout, hearing about Joachim Mahler play a few years ago, watching him specifically, um, not like the actual games. So sorry if that came across in the wrong way. Um, but I, sorry, mate, I'm not in the know about him whatsoever. Uh, Philip says it's very hard for centre-back and goalkeepers in youth teams to break into the first-team squads for Belgian teams. Thoughts on this? Uh, is it age-related for these positions or big teams not willing to uh, to take a risk? It is a ha- absolutely the, the second. Um, Centre-back and goalkeeper is such, uh, is such a difficult position to be uh, successful from a young age at a top, top team because you have to have such focus and such a switched-on mentality all the time. It's so hard. I mean, you look at young goalkeepers out there. There isn't many that are really, really playing at the top, top level. You look at your, your Donnarumma, you look at your Meslier at, at Leeds. There isn't too many really young goalkeepers playing at the top level. It isn't until their mid-20s where you start seeing more break in to those first-team squads at the top, top level. Centre-backs as well. You look in the Premier League, Wesley Fofana is the only real properly young 20-year-old and under centre-back playing in the Premier League. You had Gabriel last season who's 22. And this is one of the big things about Saliba and the apprehension about, about Saliba playing in, in the Premier League is because of his age and because of his inexperience and because of his lack of games. He's played, uh, what, 38 games of league football in three seasons? That's not enough. 
Like that, you, that's why I'm okay for him going on loan this season because I want to see him get 38 games in the league in one season. That's what I want to see from Saliba. Um, and then we can have a, a really good conversation about then getting him and making sure he's getting into the team and given a chance. But I can understand why they, they want to send him on loan again. Uh, Trent says, is 30 million hour re- uh, realistic? It's 100% realistic, Trent. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure Leon would be willing to accept 30 million for our um, because of the situation financially and because of the way that his value has dropped over the last year. Is it the right decision? I'm not so sure. Um, I think there are better players out there and I question his lack of attitude um, is, is what I question. So, yeah, I think there are better options for us. Uh, Rumours that Lekonga's medical is today. Uh, could be another ITK looking for followers. Uh, no, I mean, I, from, from what we've seen, that's come from pretty legit places so it's come from belgium um so that looks like it's pretty legit it's always good a good way to look at some of these reports to look for the local media in the uk uh some of the smaller countries like belgium have some really good like hln with pj and uh, and christophe terrer doing some really good work look for those guys they're, they're usually your, your reliable sources um anyway i said i was going to do a q a show later and i've realized i've been going for 55 minutes on this morning show which is a really long time um but thank you ever so much for tuning in guys i'll be back at 1 p.m today to answer plenty more of your questions i do want to go into a little bit of in-depth about Neves and granite jack and how they compare and look at some of the the passing stats and, and how they are different and what the difference is between them and how they progress the ball differently so tune in for that at one o'clock uh, we'll also be revealing which one of our members in our Discord server has won the free. Uh, there's two free tickets for our draw this afternoon for the signed JVC Arsenal shirt signed by Tony Adams, uh, Steve Bold, Nigel Winterburn and Lee Dixon. So make sure you tune in for that. Really looking forward to giving that away. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys as always. And uh, drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and I'll see you this afternoon for the next show. Have an absolutely fantastic Friday. See you soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.